Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show, also known as The Family. Do I have that right yet, Andy? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm Catherine yeah. Brandt. Tom Bernard is not in today. He's in very important meetings about things that we will hopefully be able to talk about tomorrow and make hopefully. announcements. And I am here with... Hackmaster, Ralph W. Basham, MD. And Andy Brandt-Bernard. And we have Tim Lammerhammer coming on shortly. So... Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rod. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Have you guys heard about these new tires? <laughs> There's new tires? Yeah, they're made out of corn husks. Good. I'm sure they, they'll wear uh, one. Soybean. Let me see. And something else. Sounds delicious. 
Um, what was it? Here I thought I was all ready for it. Um, okay, so tires are made out of rubber and like steel. Phosphorus. Uh, Phosphorus? That's, that's the vulcanization process, I believe. Why do they burn forever when they start burning? Because they're made out of rubber. That's and how made, rubber is. That's right. It's oh, yeah. sulfur, not phosphorus. Oh, and interesting <clears throat> that they're going to want to substitute one plant-based product for another plant-based product. Because well, rubber, rubber is rubber, plant-based. What, what, what it used to be. I know now there might be true, synthetic. That's true. It's probably all synthetic. Synthetic, synthetic probably from uh, uh, fossil fuels. But yeah, okay, it used to be plant-based. It. Why not just go back to plant-based rubber? It works. Go. Goodyear's new tire is made from soybean oil, rice husks, and pine resin. 90% of the tire's ingredients are sustainable, and it has already passed regulatory testing for road use. Okay, then. Um, oh, are we going to have animals chewing on our tires? Probably, <laughs> it sounds like. Although the pine resin would probably keep them away. Well, you know, uh, muskrats do uh, chew on uh, the rubber fittings on boats. So they you know, do? It, yeah. A lot of mice oh. will chew right through rubber. They love to oh. chew on rubber. Well, they chew on it and it tastes good. If now you make it taste good, boom. No, you you might, some there rice might be an to issue. It, some rice, some corn, you know. It's basically a pine. cereal now. Pine okay, re- so I'm reading the um Pine resin tweet. is to um, waterproof it. The, the tweet about the, the tires, which is coming from this guy named Sawyer Merritt. I don't know who he is, but he's... Uh, oh, he's retweeting the MotorTrend.com mm, Motor Trend, uh, yeah. article about the tires, and um, <laughs> the comments are, will mice think these are edible tires? That's really great news. Tires are awful for the environment. And um, whoa, 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 whoa. somebody, I remember when my Civic from 2016 had motor mounts from peanut oil. Rats were straight up taking gouges out of them. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> You do have so, to make it, like, poisonous and taste bad or something, because otherwise, yeah, mice, I mean, mice will chew on anything. If they can chew it, they will chew it. That's right. The only thing they won't chew on is steel wool. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I've had t- I've had mice eat um, wires out of a car, so. Yeah, they'll eat the that, rubber, uh, the rubber probably, on the wires. It, I think it feels good on their teeth or something. The plastic coating or well, something? No. Yeah. Some rodents yeah, have so, to chew on stuff to keep their teeth from growing. I think all rodents do. To, yeah. I think that's the... That, that's, like defining characteristic of a rodent is the incisors that never stop growing. Oh. Yep, their teeth well, never. Well, their their front teeth never stop growing. So if they don't chew on things, they'll grow into their skull. You don't yeah, want well, that. I'm guessing well, these tires jaw. aren't going to last as well, long. Like, and down. Yep. <laughs> Fun. Right. You were saying? I wouldn't. The tires won't probably think. last as long. I wouldn't think. No, I wouldn't imagine so. Well, you know, that's not necessarily true, you know, until they've been around for 10 years and they don't last as long. You really don't know those sort of things. But mm, because it's, be it's, it's, it, it's processed in a way that, I don't know, they say the tires are bad for the environment. Well, these may not be any better for the environment because they may not biodegrade any quicker than synthetic rubber. <clears throat> that is true. Let's of course, see. Product, they can be recycled. They, they do a lot of things with ground-up tires now. Um, you know, as far as uh, playground surfaces, and then uh, oh yeah, riding arenas. Yeah. I've ridden, I've ridden on uh, riding in riding arenas that are ground up tires and underlayment for asphalt roads and things like that. There, there's a lot of reasons to use that, and they can put it into asphalt as well. I think so. There's a lot of uses they can use reuse the tires or recycle them into other things. So <clears throat> I don't know. And uh, that's yeah. a that's a, a strange brew, if you ask me. And besides, those things are renewable, 
But getting pine resin, that's not that's not easy unless they're extracting it out of the the pine needles for lumber uh, production. Because apparently that's, it's bio renewable resin, so I'm guessing they tap them like maple syrup, or or the, when they when they harvest when they harvest a uh, a forest of uh, of farmed pine or conifers. Yeah, there's a lot of resin, that, and then they, they don't want that resin in lumber because yeah, well, they, it makes it more flammable, it makes it warp. But what they can do is that when they cut that tree, instead of just stripping it, throwing everything on the ground yep. and letting it recycle, mm-hmm. what they can do, they take the whole tree, strip it, take all the other scrap pieces, process that for yeah. pine tar, particularly the needles, prefer the pine tar, and then you just, you're using, and you can also use the bark and then process that. Rather, many times they will take the bark when they're in a, in a mill and the scrap cuttings, they will use those things as fuel. I knew that they do a Navajo reservation. They use that for fuel to run steam, to run the uh, machinery in the uh, lumberyard. There's lum- actually quite mill. a bit of scrap involved in uh, cutting wood. Mm-hmm. And that's why you get particle board. Particle board is a byproduct of the lumber uh, industry in that they had all this, they had these little scraps of wood that are really pretty good wood and laying around. And they said, what are we going to do with all this? Yeah, let's grind it up and make particle board. And they do. They grind it up, press it, make particle board, and then you buy that. And that's in your IKEA furniture. I understand Tim Lammers is a big fan of particle board. I am. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sounds fine. Oh, You sound good. Sounds good. Okay, well, my rambunctious little puppy chewed up my other headset so oh yep they'll do that speaking of chewing things <laughs> oh yeah no we were talking about chewing on tires yeah we were just so talking I'm about talking, they they're making these tires talk, out of rice what what did i say rice husks soybeans something and pine and resin. pine resin and we were wondering if ah. the animals are going to come out chomping on all your tires sounds every like morning. something you could ferment in a gin <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying out a new headset, so I wanted to make sure that you could hear me A-OK as my little puppy walks by and contemplates chewing up this one, too. It sounds like what's, a phone. What, what's your dog's name? Vaughn. Vaughn. Vaughn? Yeah, the kids came up with it. Don't ask me how or where they got it from. Oh, that's cute. Um, hmm. It a- actually happens to be the middle name of Philip Wise, believe it or not. Oh, Philip I didn't know that. Philip Wise. <laughs> All the more reason to do it. Is it, is but, it... Uh, he says, because he's a Philly dog, and he yep. says that it's Philip B. Wise. B is for vivacious. Mm. <laughs> oh, he is nothing if not vivacious. And victorious. <laughs> so, so, how do you spell? And victorious. So... Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow again, huh? Yep. <sighs> When's this happening? Is it coming again or uh, not? I think in the next few days. Let me see. Oh, no. Oh, uh, 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 if, if we can just go back for a minute. Uh, how do you spell that Vaughn? Is it V-O-N, V-A-H-N? V-A-V-A-U-G-H-N. Oh, so you, like went, Vince Vaughn. So you went with the classical spelling. Apparently so, yeah. Uh, you know... My wife accidentally called him Giovanni, and we thought, God, that'd be a cute name. <laughs> Call him, cute. you know, Vani. Hmm. She started yeah. Vani, and then she said Giovanni, and we tried to convince them to switch the name, and they would not give in. But Gio would be a cute puppy name, I think. But no, we're just stuck with Vani. Just Vani. Hmm. So- I think it's cute. Very cute, very, uh, very unique, my, certainly. He's a monster. He's cute, but he's a monster. Yeah, puppies are. They, they chew everything. Does, my weather app doesn't say anything about <clears throat> snow, but it says there's an air quality alert. It's very foggy, like really foggy. There's fine 
particle pollution. Huh. From? Oh, I don't know. So that tires. No, tires. Ah. <laughs> yep, it's those tires burning. <laughs> tires. Yeah, I don't know. I there there must be, be a... slick on the roads today because the, the, the cars. They're, they're I nice. know. They're, yeah, and then it's like, no, no. Okay, so now I know what it is, Catherine. It's it's the pollution that's covering. It's it's a pollution uh, combination with ice, I guess. Well, it says 86% humidity, so it is mostly humidity in the air. But there's a lot of par- particles from yeah, all the uh, stuff that's been put on the roads, like uh, the sand, uh, mm-hmm. the particles, uh, the ice, or the, not the ice, the salt that really hasn't dissolved, all that gets crushed up, blown up into the air, so you have all these par- particulate matter in the air. Uh, we don't call that smog, we just call it particulate matter. Yep. But it is small. Uh, I wanted to say it was very nice seeing you all in person a couple weeks back. I was just going to talk about that, that the last time I saw you was live in person, which is a rarity, really. We probably only see <laughs> really? each other live once a year. There. Yeah, there were people there that I hadn't seen since the pandemic started. Yeah. So like JB. I, I hadn't seen JB uh, in I don't even know how long. I know, because he's oh, got a real man. job now, apparently. I mean, yep. It was crazy, <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah, yeah it was we, cool, uh, all for, right? like freezing cool. For the listeners that are, don't understand what we were talking about, uh, Mike Bilski from North American Banking Company, graciously, and I believe Michael, maybe Michael Bryant was involved in this too, um, they put on a little retirement, not that Tom's retiring, lunch when Tom left KQ. So that was what, how many Fridays ago? Two? Well, it, the 23rd. It was 23rd. It was, uh, it was the 60 below wind chill day, I think. Oh, it was miserable like getting yeah, it was over there. Not a nice it was day. Scary. I was hydroplaning and <laughs> all this kind of stuff on the roads. It was, it was treacherous. But a lo- so many people showed up. Uh, Jeff Passalt came yes. in from Florida, and he did a nice little, what Johnny Carson imitation and. And, and uh, Coach who, Uncle Bernsey. Okay, yeah, yep, Coach Bernsey, Bernsey a little bit. And uh, yeah. Who, geez, who was there? Annie Miner, who used to be the promotion person when I was working at KQ all those years ago. <laughs> I, I, I had nothing to do with the guest list, and all I was just I was blown away by seeing so many faces that um, I haven't seen in years and years. Pete Frisch, who used to work at KQ. Jeez, uh-huh. um, just tons of people. It was really a really a very very nice. Um, Send off for Tom. It was low key, it was, but wasn't it was a great. send off, man. That sounds oh, a KQ little... send off. Send off from KQ. I just peeled yeah. off. It was kind of sad. I just peeled off. We, I've got a board here, and it had podcast pot, and it had mm-hmm. KQ pot, and I just peeled off the old KQ. No, we're not doing that anymore. Just tore that Band-Aid right off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Band-Aid. Yeah, you oh, rip you, it off. You tore that Band-Aid right off and opened that sore up once well, again. <laughs> After 37 years of being someplace, and, then to, and I mean, our lives were so directed by KQ. Just mm-hmm. that, just that, every single morning, having to get up at you know four o'clock in the morning, and Tom being so obsessed about the numbers and the clients and the listeners, and it just—it's just such a weird thing. To not have to think about the morning show anymore. Yeah, you've been, well, he was on the morning show longer than I've been alive. Yeah. So I, it's like yeah. if I had been doing something since the moment I was born, quitting next year. I know, so every I can't even we, really fathom that kind of thing. Yeah. 
And once in a while we talk about doing something and we're so used to, no, we can't because of the show. Oh, we can't because it's a ratings period. Oh, yeah. oh no, no. We can't go on vacation. No, not for more than five days. No way. There's no way. There's a rating period. Now it's like, we can do whatever we want. Mm. Yeah, those, those transitions. <laughs> it's so yeah. strange. But even, even schools though. School's out for summer, school's out forever. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, uh, one other person I wanted to mention, David Valentini. I met him. Yes. Yep, and it was kind was of there. surreal when he came up to me and told me that he enjoyed my movie reviews. I thought that was really cool. Uh, so yeah, oh, there you yeah. know some people I met for the first time that obviously I knew by name because of the show. Right. Uh, so yeah, that, it was really a very very cool gathering. I, I just loved it. Yeah, it was really nice. Thank you for showing up. It meant a lot to Tom. Tom was sort of in a catatonic state that whole week because yeah. he didn't know how he was going to feel mm. about his last show, and he, I mean he was happy to be away from. The establishment KQRS. <laughs> yeah, but, the idea of KQRS is still, you know, yeah. I don't know if it'll ever go away. Well, like I said, it's it's something when, you know, everything's turned to crap. Um, yeah. Sort of politically in your office. It just, it was unsustainable on you, both sides. You just got to go. You just have to move on. But it just is really, it's it's bittersweet. It's great that he's done with the whole toxic environment of it but it's also just strange you know you you whenever the, you have these transitions the there are pieces to it that can be very difficult and you when you like you said before you have something that has has been the sort of the heartbeat of your life mm -hmm. for 37 40 years sure well and tommy has been doing this stuff longer than radio that. he's been Radio's doing since he was what 17 yeah so, so well, you have this off, yeah. this this pulse that uh, controls everything that you do and when you right. transition even though those transitions can be very nice and very luxurious with regards to time to be able to do things that sort of stuff that is a those transitions are hard you know i at some point you know i, I start to look into the, into the future and see that may that's going to happen sometime and you go man you know it's, is it is it going to be as easy as you hope um but there's always, it's always stressful changes like that moving changing jobs um uh, retiring uh, getting divorced getting married i mean all those all having a kid i mean all those things are stressful uh transitions in your life so you don't want to you don't want to stack them yeah is, is the main thing you don't want to stack them up so no i might well right now he's working on doing another project and mm -hmm. i Great. think that it's going to be wonderful because it will be his creative control He'll decide who he wants to work with. Um, the company that he's talking to is excited about working with him. And he hasn't had that kind of atmosphere in 10, 12 years. Yeah. So he's looking forward to this new endeavor, but it's not going to be as – it won't be rigid like a, a, a radio morning show. Uh, if I could just... It won't be a getting up in the four in the morning sort of deal. No, it will not. And he's already he's already like, man, I never thought I could sleep till seven so easily. Oh, that's till what seven. I was going to ask. I thought, is it is it still is his body clock? Is has he been able to get out of that groove? Because think about that. I mean, 30, 37 years of that groove, and then all of a sudden, oh. Okay, I can sleep in. It can't be easy. Well, you know, it took Tom 15 years to get used to getting up in the morning. Yep. 
I mean, it's he, just it's unnatural to wake it's up not, before and the it's sunrise. Not his, yeah, and it is not in his body <laughs> clock. So, it's, that's a, he, he never just, has been an early riser. For he bitched about having to get up every morning for like 15 years before finally whatever internal clock changed over, and it was like, oh, okay, now I just get up. Mm. So then he stopped. But he hated getting up. I, I remember. An, I remember an experience in Chicago. I would when I was a resident. I was on the cardiovascular service, and that service, you had to get up early to go in and see all the sick patients, make sure they were okay, take care of them, do everything. Then you had to go through with the professor uh, to go after that to visit with him about all the patients, any issues that you had questions about, that sort of stuff. You go through, do all those sort of things. You had to get up at like at five in the morning. So uh. one more, and I was, and at this time I ran to work. So I got, I woke up five in the morning in Chicago. I looked out this third story window and it was, I don't know, it was 10 degrees and it was horizontal snow. Snow was blowing so hard. It was horizontal oh. snow. And I looked out there and I said, and I, I really was considering a, 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 a career in surgery and things like that. And I thought to myself, man, I don't know if it's getting up early is worth it. Yet, <laughs> you should, I, I've gotten into the swing of things, you know, you, know you, you get up early and you get into the swing of things, that sort of stuff. But give me give me an opportunity. I'll, I'll sleep until mm-hmm. 11, man. I think I would think. Well, I, my, Andy I was going to say my big dilemma lately is no choice but to get up in the middle of the night. Otherwise, there's going to be puppy piss all over the place well, yeah. oh, that is true yeah. but Andy, every night every night three in the morning mm-hmm. there's a chirp y- y- yelps yeah yep, that's nice yep, yep. Oh, good yeah 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 so sorry to sorry to interrupt I, with my puppy piss story <laughs> some dogs like daisy for the longest time would just go stare at the door and if you didn't read their mind quick enough just you know oh, yeah. go pee somewhere there you go let it oh, go. Yeah. I've not, yeah, Cassie never ever barked at the door. He just sat there and stared at it. Yep. <laughs> like, you'll figure That's out what I want eventually. To, to kind of pick up on in the middle of the night. Yeah, too. really. Well, if you didn't if if you didn't get to the door that he was staring at, he would come over and sneeze at you. Yeah, he would. And then walk over to the door like, mm-hmm. ah, I got to tell her somehow. And Cassie but sneezing was He would never bark like, at the door. That was his sign that I want something. Yep, he was a sneezer. It was interesting. Don't know but why. yeah, I'm, yeah, it's it's like I said, it's a whole new era. Uh, I don't even like I said, I just even know. I don't. E- we don't even know what how to n- negotiate this world yet. Yeah, to uh, <laughs> to take a phrase or to, to use a phrase, you're taking your first step into a larger world. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it'll be. Uh, it's liberating and it's also kind of scary. Uh. So, well, just because yeah. of the nature of things has changed so much from terrestrial radio to podcasting to just the nature of the business has changed so dramatically. And, and it seems like it gets more dramatic by the day, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was out to dinner with uh, four other women, and they were varied from 40 to 68 years old, maybe. And, um, I mentioned that I was listening to this radio station, and they had great music, and they all looked at me, and they went, radio? Who listens to the radio anymore? Mm. And I thought, well, that was a very interesting comment, because Tom has always said that nobody under 40 listens to radio anymore, and it looks like, I mean, this you know, this was a sample of women that come from different different regions of the United States and different age groups, and none of them listen to yeah. radio anymore. They listen to a lot of podcasts. 
Um, it's all podcasts they listen, now. They listen to uh, they listen to their own downloaded music, and I I was under the impression that people over fifty were too feeble to figure out how to do a, fo- a podcast. Sometimes. Oh, you're no. I, <laughs> it depends fa- on how it's delivered. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you: The Paranormal Sixty with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, you're not that good at it. Oh, yes, that's true. You know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You know, the the bride at home does not listen to radio. She's been listening to podcasts exclusively, probably oh, for yeah. 15, 20 years. Yeah, just, she's, she was early. Really? On, she, I think she's the first person that ever even told me that podcasts existed. Well, she's the one that told time to do it. Yep, she is. So it's it, her, her fault. It's, it's the, yeah, that, that is, the, it is, that's been a, uh, it, and it's the advent of this uh, mobile device that we carry that has, mm-hmm. is just has changed things in so many ways. And even subtle changes you don't even appreciate until you really think it through as to how, you know, what it does for you and oh, yeah. everything like that. Who would ever think in the 50s, 60s that you would have something in your pocket 24 hours a day, seven days a week that you could video chat? With people, yeah, it's a supercomputer. I mean, God, you watch the Jetsons, and it's like hokey old technology that they're displaying, even though they're supposed yeah. to be living in the year twenty three hundred or whatever. Yeah, because like you know they yeah. have video chat, but they're uh, these gigantic monitors that are bolted to their houses. <laughs> now I mean, we no, can just take it out of our the pocket. They do have the space car. They've they got do it. We don't have that. I don't I think want I'd one. want that though. I do. People and can't the, drive in Dick two Tracy dimensions. Watch, too. Remember the Dick. Dick Tracy wristwatch with the yeah, yeah, did sure. you see video on that or what was that or could you just talk? It was a it was a telephone. I you did not he... see video. It was a telephone that you could you could make uh... phone calls on. And now you have it's beyond that. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. Melissa's got one of those watches now that she can. I think she can even. Well, no, she can't video chat on it, but you can. Voice. Oh, you can't FaceTime you can, on a. Uh, I don't think there's a camera a... on it. No, but I mean they could, oh. but no. it would be dumb. 
that tiny little screen, what the hell would be the point? But you can watch videos on little tiny clips you can watch on that. You can, yeah. yeah you can exactly. put pictures on it. You can do pretty much anything you can on a phone. It's I'm pretty sure those things run Android or iOS. It's yeah. just a stripped yeah, down version Android, of it. They definitely do. In fact, my wife has a, a smartwatch. And the thing with calls is... Her phone needs to be in the same proximity. Yes, Bluetooth. But she can answer. She can answer calls on her watch. Yep. However, they do have versions of the watch with yep. cellular data. I have that. I have that. Well, there you go. Yeah, and they just little add onto your uh, mobile, your your phone service, and you have that, and it's just on your, and you do not need your phone, and your phone yeah. can be turned off at home. Yeah, just leave your phone home. Not even necessary. You can listen to that. So you can you can make your phone calls. You can take phone calls. Listen to podcasts. You can listen to radio. Yeah, you can on that phone on on the mm. on the watch because like, there's um, iHeart. Yeah. yeah, it's iHeart yeah. that you, you can pull it on radio. Uh, it's you can listen probably to uh, what's it called? What's the uh, SXM? You can probably oh, yeah, you serious. can probably serious radio. Mm-hmm. You can probably listen to that. At, so that just it, it's just bizarre just how how things have changed. Uh, it's in in a great way. You know the the promise of uh, video chat that was of the in the '60s. That they showed mm-hmm. at the World's Fair and things like that mm-hmm. really has come to fruition in in a way. And one of the reasons why it was it hadn't come sooner is because I don't think people really want it. I never really. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I don't I, want people well, looking you at know, me. Stay away. It's interesting because I really like having the option to FaceTime the grandkids. Like Sage doesn't understand a phone call without seeing somebody. Hmm. Uh, he's four. Yeah. He's four. He's never. He's like, what do you mean I can't see her? Interesting. He doesn't, yeah, because well, most of the time he's just, he's he's four. He wants to see whoever he's talking to, and he wants to show you things. Not, he not, doesn't want to just talk. Not too long ago, I had, I, I had a friend who was had a, had a daughter that was in Spain, and she was uh, uh, doing you know, semester and whatnot. And he, he went there, and he went to visit, and they were chatting a little bit. He says, well, why don't you, why don't you send some uh, postcards to your send your postcards to, you know, your, your grandparents and everything. Like They'd really like that. She said, what's a postcard? She said, well, <laughs> well those, are those, pic- those are those pictures that you see at the tourist stops. And she goes, oh. I've never oh, sent I've- a postcard in my life. So, so, then, so then she said, well, this is what you do. And she said, oh, that's interesting. She said, so, so then they said, well, we have, we have, we'll have to get some stamps. And she goes, well, where do you get those? Oh, God. I have <laughs> used stamps before. So she had never, I remember she had Andy. never been in a post office her life. Yeah. And she yep. was in her early twenties, so oh. she's this. So that's what this phone's done. It's just changed everything. The post office. That is something out of that. Well, that's well, once yeah. it, that's, a, that's a that's a nineteenth century solution to a twenty first century problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah, Andy know, it, even at, I'm sorry, at, go ahead. at like t- ten or twelve, he got some stuff for his birthday or whatever, and I said, "You have to write some thank you cards." And he didn't know how to put a stamp on an envelope. Oh, yeah. I was he had 10 just years never old. Done it before. What but kind I mean, 10-year-old sends out well, letters. Well, I but did when I was 10. You've seen envelopes, you see mail, you see how I know, but, but that, I don't know how to assemble one. I'm not an engineer. <laughs> but Andy thought that you were just yeah. getting those from a museum. Exactly. I know, it's just so weird. They come you with know, stamps like, on them, right? Tom's the only person I know that still pays his bills by mail. Oh, oh I would I don't if I can avoid it. Oh, he just, yeah, he's got to have his stamps, he's got to have his envelopes. He's always complaining that he just got a bill that didn't have an envelope with it. And I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. Why do you put yourself through this? Why don't you just pay them on, your, on, the, on the bank app? And he's like, oh, I just don't trust it. Oh, well, yeah, you, but it's probably more trustworthy 
than sending that envelope in this day I and age. I would think so. Unless you yeah. lose it or forget about it. Or, or it never be, arrives. Or a, it never shows up, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of theft yeah. associated yeah. with uh, mail now. Yep. Yep. No, sure yeah. Well, one day, uh, well, one day, a few years ago, I got a call from the mortgage company saying our payment hasn't been met. It's like, what, what? We, we put it in the mailbox, it, you know, but, you know, when you're out in the country, you got trucks going by, got a swivel on the mailbox so they don't completely obliterate it because there's a lot of carelessness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. As it turns out, in the ditch in the spring, we found the payment. So oh. it got swept. Jeez out of the mailbox so that 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 solved the mystery i mean we made the payment again once they called but it's like geez i you know so yeah i i do like paying them online but anyway i was going to get back to the video calls how much of a godsend that is for folks um stationed in the military yes because when my uh second oldest brother went in it was a big deal to get a call maybe once every couple months when he was in germany um and then he'd have to after everything we said we'd have to say over it was just bizarre you know Uh, and you know so i mean things that that technology has just got to be so nice for you know people separated you know whether it's parents children going over whether somebody you know who has a wife and young kids and he's deployed or she's deployed to, to do that, it's just that, that contact that they have, that visual contact, must it, it's done wonders, I think. And oh, absolutely. You think of all those people that are stationed overseas and they don't see their you know brand-new baby for a year. Yeah. Yeah. If it weren't well, that for, was yeah. the case with my oldest brother. I mean, my dad, uh, was uh, he was in Korea. He was drafted. He was in the Korean War. And uh, I don't think he met my oldest brother till he was a year and a half. Wow, mm. that's just a, sad, that's you know. But yeah, what are you gonna do? That was the day. I mean, that's how things worked. And of course, of course, medical care now is just you know, I, I I can be in another country, and if there's a question, a couple pictures or a little video Telemed, chat yep. solves the problem. It is a fascinating, you know, it's just, it's, it's a watershed in the, in the in the virtual care. Really, it's, it just now. You know, coming mainstream, and that's just so so interesting. So I I don't think I've had an appointment with my actual neurologist about my migraine medication in since before COVID. Well, unless you need a blood draw or a scan <laughs> or something, there's really no reason. Yeah, and pretty soon, pretty soon they're going to have that stuff you just put on your skin. It'll be a sensor on your skin. And it'll sense everything. They've been futzing with that for a long time. Yeah, they're well, semi close in implant. some ways. Yeah. I'm not putting right, any so implant in. So it sent it Bluetooth, uh, Ralph, or what? To, to, to your physician? It'd or? be like a transdermal sensor kind yeah, of it'd thing. Be, it'd, be, it'd be one of the things. It's it's a bit like you know something that sort of would scratch, irritates the top of your layer of your skin, gets access to mm. the very most superficial serum in your skin, and then with that information, it's able to uh, um, direct measure or sense uh, certain certain in, um, basic blood uh, chemistry. And then it can all, it may also be able to, uh, from that, insinuate uh, the hematocrit and things like that. And that that is just, you know, that's that's it's going to come online eventually. And it could be connected with via Bluetooth, via Wi-Fi, you know, it could be a variety of things. Well, right now they have uh, apps that will monitor your heart rate. And then if your heart rate goes goofy or there's an issue, mm-hmm. or or I think you, you might, I don't know if the EKG changes, it'll not notify uh, a central uh, office. Or your physician that there's an issue, and uh, you might even get an alert that says, "Hey, why don't you head on into the uh, emergency room? Make sure you're okay." 
Yeah, I've seen that advertisement for that little pad that you put your fingers on, and it's supposed to measure your heart rate. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just do that on your watch? Well, they can measure your heart rate. They can measure your heart rate via the via the camera on your television set. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and mm. or if on, on your on your monitor because they did that with some video games where they would uh, they, the connect, they, yep. they they did a, alpha or beta testing and they wanted to change, see if what ending of the video game would be best which would be more st- most stimulating for each individual or they could change the ending based on oh, your I reaction. Know what, I know what game you're talking. That was on the Dreamcast, I think. Yeah, um, but ah. the Connect for the Xbox 360, which came out God probably 15 years ago at that point, or at this point, if not even longer. Um, somehow, I think through IR, it could see the blood in your face yeah. pulsating, and it yeah. could measure your uh. pulse via that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty gross like if you think about it. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Well, it's very scary well, look, to well, me. And, and look at that. You know, you have you have a camera on everything. We were just at Club Med. They, they had taken uh, to order things and to do things and to contact people. They had taken away the phone and put in an Android uh, a pad to do ordering, things like that. And it has a camera on it. And you're in your hotel room. Well, I'm By and large, I'd rather not have a camera in my hotel room. So God, yeah. that, that's the first thing we unplug and put it up someplace in the top of a closet someplace where it's dark. You know, it's bizarre. You yeah. probably should wrap it in foil. Take a piece of foil and just wrap it in foil. Make a little Dyson sphere or whatever. Yeah, I think that I've already seen. I, I'm pretty in China, aren't they, don't they have like people are already testing these implants where they just go up and everything's red, like they're they don't have to pay for anything at all. Just to like implantable their, RFID or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm like I, no. It seems yeah. Uh uh-uh. I don't know. That sounds like a recipe for robbers cutting off your finger to get at your RFID chip. I just so what happens if you don't have the money? They kill some brain cells then, or what? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's hey, one things. IQ point for a thousand dollars. Yeah, all of no. this technology is really interesting. I, there was another video I was watching about the. Uh, there was a self-driving car being tested, and everybody it was in the bike lane, and everybody. Uh, and apparently, they test these self-driving cars. They have you know people following them and they're watching them and they do it late at night or very early in the morning when there isn't much traffic and all that kind of stuff and it was in the bike lane and people were like it's gonna kill people um but i mean we already have self-driving cars the tesla already has that yeah right and i believe you can be in the bike lane if there are no cyclists it's uh, a shared lane uh i don't know about that uh, but they may have had it in the bike lane for testing. Well, Officer that... Dave would probably know. Yeah, if he's hey, listening Hey, Dave, are you today? allowed to uh, – he is. Because, I mean, a lot of times the bike lane is sharing a right turn lane. It's like you can't – That's you true. Sometimes you have to be there. in it, but I don't think you're allowed to, like, you know, just coast no. in it. No, you, I, think if they're, I think if they're painted green, you're supposed to stay out of it. But I, I believe that you can get into a bike lane if you need to like somebody stopped and you want to go around them if there's no bicyclist there why wouldn't you be able to use that bike if bicyclists can use regular roads which they can 
it's legally okay oh. for a bicyclist to be in the road. Why isn't it okay for a car to be in a bike lane if there are no bicyclists? Maybe there's a double standard there because, you know, bicyclists are, are morally superior to everybody else. Mm. Well, that is true. They, they don't need to do stop signs or stop lights. Oh, or stop lights. Or, or well, they do, they too. They're they, supposed to they, follow they think all they don't. the rules. And, and they don't have to stop for pedestrians. Um, that's well, not, that's not. Oh, I know, but you know they don't have to because I said they're morally superior, and they always have. They have this pious attitude, and if and if you gesture to them or you're angry with them because they didn't stop for you, almost hit you, you know they're so indignant. Say, well, I'm on a bicycle, and can't you see my robes that I'm flowing behind me? It is. I I have, I have no. And, and they're always. And, and think about it. When they pass you, they always have this foul, angry, bitter look on their face. Like, I don't get it. You're riding on a bike. You're riding on a bike, and it's mm-hmm. not the tour. And you're not going up a mountain. You're just riding flat out, you know, doing your century or whatever they call it, or half century or whatever. Oh, i got to get my get my hours in on this bike. I'm so pious. Officer Dave has just called in. Oh, okay. Are you so, allowed to coast in a bike lane? It, as long as you don't cross the fog line, which is the white line on the far right side, yeah. Oh. You're allowed to coast in there. I mean, that's you've yep. got to get through it somehow. And on right-hand turns, you know, that's sometimes the lane. But you also have to yield to the bikes when they're there. Sure. Well, yeah, of course. So well, what, well, let's when the, say you're driving along and there's a, some... So there's Go ahead, a, Doc. There is a double standard because if you're, in a, if you're in, on a regular road... And the bicycles are there. They do not need to yield to you. They, they can go there 20 miles an hour. Actually, and, they do. Oh, they do? Uh, okay. They do. They just don't. Yeah. They just don't. <laughs> they all, exactly. They Be- just don't. Because There's, they're pious. They always have to yield to the faster traffic. Okay. So unless it's legitimately put down as a bike lane. But as a courtesy, you're required as a driver to give at least try to give three feet. Oh, to the bike. To the biker. Yeah. On the side of the road. Okay. Okay. So. And they're supposed to give yeah. us three feet. Two. But it only makes more yeah. sense that the person that can do the most damage, the car, should always be watching for everybody, pedestrians, bicyclists, yeah. because I, you I, can kill them. I, dis- I disagree. I disagree. Uh, I think I that the cyclists, the motorcyclists, they should take on some of the responsibility because they came out. Oh, they yeah. come out the little end of the horn if they get hit. That is true. You know, and and they do not. Yeah. They're not being cool about this you know they'll people ride with black and gray on at dusk no flashing lights no nothing they said oh i got hit you know well yeah you were either can't be seen or you or you're on the wrong side of the road they get this deal about wrong side of the road where you're supposed to be that sort of stuff it is bizarre it is bizarre so no you take the responsibility of not getting hit their excuses i want to see what's coming at me well that's why you got hit you're completely in the wrong mm-hmm. from the get-go well the so relative like, speed in the left lane is a lot higher yeah yeah you know if a bicyclist exactly. is going 30 and you're going 60 that's a relative speed of 90 miles an hour you have no time to avoid yeah. them yet when i'm walking i exactly. I, I, I am on the opposite side of the road because i do want to see the goofballs coming towards. but you're me. going you're walking so slow it doesn't that's, really matter that's, that's right because people, that's the that's how it's set up to be. That's how it should be, and how it was. All, I was always taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the walkers are on facing traffic. Bicyclists go with traffic. Yeah, because they're going a little bit faster. And yep. then, but if you're on the trail 
and you're walking on that side, they're always bitter and angry with you that you're on the wrong side of the trail when you're walking. And these people on these motorized bicycles are going 20, 25 miles an hour. Oh, God, yeah. You know, they're either people who are yeah. never been on a bike, have poor balance, things like that, or their kids are just being goofy on these things. And I ain't going to be on the yep. right. On the I'll be on the left side, watching the goofballs coming toward me because they're or they're texting. Oh, I see people on bicycles. The guy he's on his bicycle sitting up and he's texting away. You know, bizarre. It's just bizarre. Yep. So you know, I, I I will agree with the sign that says start seeing motorcycles, but they should have the same sign that says start seeing cars. Mm -hmm. Start, start seeing. That's the right. Guys, the, the people, the bikers and whatnot that I've talked to, that pay attention and and are responsible, they do pay attention. But 99% of them don't realize that that stop sign is applies to bikes, too, to bicycles. Yep. The crosswalks apply to bicycles. All the rules of the road are exactly the same for a motor vehicle or a bicycle. Boom. So, and people yep. just don't grasp that concept. So I'm going to wrap myself in, in, in liberalism, and you know what the next step should be? We should have, we should have uh, licensing and registration for bicycles so that when you're on your bicycle i don't know you, if that's liberal liberalism <laughs> no but, but what it does <laughs> it gives another it gives, it gives another tax another revenue stream to the government to do take some of this sort of stuff because now you're on your there's no recourse and these bicycles can be garbage they can they can be can wreckies i don't yeah, there's just there's just huge double standard. And I just think bicycles should kind of start you know, to taste the uh, taste the tax a little tiny bit. Cycling is the second Even most the dangerous kids form. Even learning to ride for the first time, attaching you, pal. Learn. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta learn how the world is someday. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Well, you do need you do need a license to fish, after all. You do need a license to fish. That's true. Oh, that's a good point. Which is kind of ridiculous if you think point. about it. And a trap. No, that actually makes sense because they're stocking the fish. For you to fish. Not always. No, not Most always. of the time. No, some, not all the time. Not all the time. No, there's places the time. that you can fish that are not stocking. But so, so but well, well, then we're making a road. We're making special bike lanes. They should pay for that. They should pay for that. Yeah, how come motorists are paying for bike lanes? We don't use them. That's right. We can't use them because many times they have exactly. pylons. You can't get into those bike lanes. Because we are encouraging fitness and non-polluting vehicles. <clears throat> That's yeah. why. Yeah. Well, well, but but the electric bikes pollute because they require they require other energy. That is true. Any so, energy, all entropy causes pollution, more or less. Yeah. Oh yeah. To a certain extent. Well, you guys right. are a tough audience, man. Oh, yeah. oh, well, you, you've, kind, you've kind of touched a nerve with these these bicyclists. I guess so. You know, I've had just I've had run-ins. I've, I've been on a trail. Guy stops and yells at me. Stops I think almost, almost everyone has almost hit a bicyclist at, at some point, <clears throat> and not their fault either. Yeah. Well, if people, so you, would you call that path rage, Ralph? Yeah, for these bicycles, trail fury, not road, but path rage. Yeah, where they get the uh, arguments with the, with the bicyclists. I oh, no, yeah. the, no, the bicyclists will stop and yell at you being on the wrong yell side of the you? trail. Oh, yeah, really? That's what I'm saying. Man. These people, these people are pious, and I've I've had I've had uh, middle-aged women riding on some. Some barely going bicycle yell at me because I was on the wrong side of this trail. With this man, they are they are a nasty bunch. Well, why can't bunch. you just be on the right side of the trail, Ralph? Because I want to see these goofballs coming at me because they're screwballs, <laughs> mm -hmm. and you can't you can't. You, oh, what would you like? So you want to be you want to walk on the right side of the trail, and you can have these goofballs coming up behind you who are not paying attention. 
so you don't know that they're coming. They could hit you. They say, on your, on your, on your left, on your left. I'd rather have them see them. I know they're going to be on my right. Yep. Not a problem. They're getting over for people on the right side. They can get over people on the left side. It's not a big deal. It's just not a big deal. You might have to slow down. I know it's going to affect your time and the time trials on the on this tour that you're on. But no, maybe slow down. Go over. Accelerate again. <laughs> That's, that's the other thing. They all think they're riding in the Tour de France. Oh, I know. Oh, Going 20 they're... miles an hour on a walking path. Oh, yeah, they are just. Well, you're not supposed. That's when you're supposed to be on the road, is if you're going over, I think it's 15 for walking slash bike paths. Or maybe it's only 10 because it's not safe. They're not. Bike, walking paths slash bike paths aren't designed to go over 10 yeah. miles an hour on a bike well, you, you hit a really bump get... at that speed you're well and you can also you can also hit pedestrians because there's a blind curve and, or whatever and, and, if you're going over 10 miles an hour you're supposed to drive on or be riding on the street and is, is there a and, and andy said yeah. it is one of the most dangerous things you can do is to ride a bicycle yep only more dangerous thing is a motorcycle yep. which is just a bicycle with an engine yeah they are they are hennepin county made that trail that goes from Baker all the way up to uh, Crohassen, and they're writing tickets for bicycles going too fast on that. It's like, guys, it gets them off the road. Leave them alone. Just, ah, man. Yeah, well. Yeah, if they hit a pedestrian going that fast, they're going to kill somebody. Yeah, they sure uh, are. I agree. I think there should be walking yeah. paths and bike paths separately. I really do think that's true. And same thing with people that run. I've been pushed over by people that are running. It's really? like, uh, God, that's crazy. Stop being such a dick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop it. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rob. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. 
How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Yeah, they're just, p- people are just not as uh, gracious as they could be about so many things and it's just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me this this bicycle we are just so much well i do a lot of yeah i do a lot of walking and i sit i sit at a lot of crosswalks waiting to cross the street and i see just person after person not doing the speed limit they're going way faster than the 25 miles an hour they're staring down at their telephone they're not paying any attention to anything so you're right. I mean, if you are the little guy, you, you do need to watch out for everything else. But that just shouldn't be how it is. People should get off their phones and obey the speed limits. No, and no just... it, should, it should be how it is. You should not be able to walk. You know, you don't walk in a cloud. You should have to take. Everybody should take responsibility for their well-being. Well, and, Officer yeah. Davis, is, is there been a, a, an uptick again? I mean, at, at first when they did the cell phone law, um, I'm sure that you know people put their phones down, but are people starting to forget about it? And, and are they driving? And yeah, by, uh, you know, they are. Yeah, it, it's that whole thing of, okay, we came out, we hit it hard. And then um, it kind of eased off when um, COVID hit because nobody wanted to stop a car for something that they might die over, you know, because we knew nothing mm-hmm. about COVID at the time. So, it was like, what, you know, and then I don't know if it's just that it's become passe to, you know, with the whole Potter thing with a minor stop for uh, getting, you know, basically your career ended because you're doing your job. You know, yes, you screwed up, but still, it's the whole, is it really worth it anymore for writing a ticket? And I'm sure tickets have gone down pretty much everywhere, at least the writing tags and whatnot, because nobody wants to put their career on the line for a $140 ticket or a $108 ticket. Yeah, well, this, right. this is the 21st century. We have all this AI, everybody advertises AI, Amazon does, Microsoft does, IBM does. We have all this AI now. And why that's not being applied to traffic signals? So that the traffic flows efficiently and cars aren't sitting idling, uh, you know, and creating pollution. Why that's not part of a scanning mm-hmm. system that if you are if you are driving past a scanner and your phone is transmitting anything, you should get a ticket. You should get a, a, so the ticket should I'm go to the should go to the car, well, they not the driver. That. They tried that. They they put a stop to it because it was uh, yeah. The yeah, uh, ACLU said, well, what happens if I loan my car 
Well, that you, to uh, yeah, Ralph Basham and Ralph Basham, and then the, that happened, but the yeah. but the owner it of the just car took that little bit, you know. They take that. The owner of the car should be held responsible. Just change the law. Owner of the car should be responsible for what goes inside on inside that car. If you, le- you you lend it to your kid and your kid you know, smokes a bunch of dope in there and leaves dope in there and you get stopped the next time, guess what? Who's in trouble? Not the kid. It should be mm-hmm. on well, the car. Actually, it, it would go to it would go. To whoever is in control of the vehicle. At the, well, but I've what, done that's happened to me. Where I've written tags to people, it's not my stuff, and I'm like, well, you know what? It's in the car, and you're responsible for what's inside the car. But your kid may hide so, stuff in the car, and you don't know about it. Or your buddy right. who's hide stuff well, in the car put it. That's their th- problem. There you go. So that's the person driving the car's problem. The person that owns that yep. car. That's whoever is that's, whoever is behind the wheel is responsible for that car and what goes on. I'm sorry. You guys are all just too full of common sense, thinking that people should have personal responsibility. (laughs) That's just not how the law works. Can I take this a little bit further now (laughs) with Officer Dave? Another question. Uh, First time caller. My name's Tim. Um, (laughs) But another question for you, seriously. Um, Okay, so they're going to legalize weed in Minnesota. I I don't think there's any question that's going to happen. is there anything to monitor? I mean, you know, you obviously you got your breathalyzer for alcohol, but if you, you pull over a driver and they're clearly stoned, is there any way you can bust them? Uh, you know, yes, I mean, is. is there any sort of test you can give them? Maybe a roadside test. Well, you just need probable cause to take them in, right? Yep. There you go. A, it's just a long, it's a very long uh, process with a specialized officer that's the drug recognition expert um, has to come in what? and they do that. You know, alcohol, alcohol has their own standalone test, the DMT, the, and that's been proven in court that it's accurate, and, you know, I'm a certified operator of that. Um, I am not a drug recognition expert, and so I would have to call one in from a different department and they would have to come and do that. And with the weed being legalized at some point, you know, I am not against it, but we need to have the um, penalties in place before we legalize it and say it's okay to do this because, honestly, you know, everybody says, oh, they're just going to roll through, you know, go real slow down the highway. Yeah, and then their (laughs) reaction times are so slow. Here's, here's Alex, and she's got Quan and Sagey out for a walk on a beautiful summer's day. Tim Stoner's been smoking weed all morning and gets the munchies and goes to the convenience store. Well, he's going 10 miles an hour, sure, but he doesn't see that the stop light has turned red mm-hmm. and just kind of rolls on through and hits Alex and Quan and Sage, and now where are we at, right? right? So we... The politicians are putting way too much trust in humanity, period, to think oh, that all oh, it's okay. It's just you can't you can't trust anyone to use it responsibly. I, I mean, it's going to be one of those things where they're going to be so cooked all the time that, and there's nothing you can do about it, you know, until they get behind the wheel and kill somebody. And. And what do we, and we've tried to do that with alcohol. 
We said, you know, be responsible. Don't drink. And what's happening? We still have, what, is it 25, 50% of uh, fatal ta- fatal uh, fa- fatalities in automobiles as a result of alcohol? Yep. So really? clearly that yep. doesn't that work. So that, clearly that's not working. So, you know. Nope. And no one really knows, and no one knows what the incidence at current, with current marijuana use, which is prevalent throughout the society, because we, even though it's illegal, we still don't know what the incidence of, uh, of traffic accidents are a result of marijuana use or other drug use. You know, it's, it's a bizarre thing. You know, you know yes, you can, you can legalize this, but, man, you do not know the unintended consequences of this. You know, you have no measure of what, what, what well, so when people are chronically smoking, they don't work as hard. They don't have as much motivation. It just doesn't seem that hard because, I mean, I, we, I, we live in a building where there's somebody that's smoking weed here 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You come off the elevator, and it is just the strongest, skunkiest smell in the world. You're walking around. You get out of your car at the grocery store, and you can smell the skunk weed from a mile away. It stinks. And it really should. does smell. It's got a distinct smell. I don't understand why there can't be a breathalyzer for that. It's a very strong well, that is, you would think. smell. That's what I was wondering. I thought, is, is, you know, is there, there's got to be eventually some sort of test that they can administer. Or, I mean, what, what's going on in the other states where this has been legal for a couple of years? Have any strides? No, that sort of thing you would hope that they would. I think Tim's phone is yeah, exploding. I <laughs> I don't I don't know the actual numbers, but I know it's not what they thought it would be. So it's kind of they're finding out that well, maybe this wasn't such a good idea, but now we're stuck. Well, that, um, unintended so, consequences. But I, so I well. Because people, people yeah. are smoking dope whether it's legal or not. I mean, they just are, right? I mean, that's why yep. Yep. it makes sense to make it legal so that we don't have to support drug cartels that are murdering people in Central America for weed. It makes It makes sense. Um, I agree. And they're smoking it anyway. So you may as well tax it and get yep. some money out of it, uh, I guess. Exactly. But they're smoking it. But they're, people are high a, all the time. I know several people that are always high they drive their car they go to work they're always stoned a limit let's set a legal limit like we did with alcohol or it's yeah the flip side of this the health side of this as far as smoking goes we're not supposed to smoke nope never smoke anything you shouldn't be smoking weed they should not be they should not legalize the uh smoking of marijuana they can legalize thc Byproducts, nasal sprays, uh, maybe vaping, and things, whatever, yep. but not smoking. They should not do that. No, because people are going to chronically smoke no, this stuff. And when it's legal, legalized nationwide, big tobacco companies are going to be making these cigarettes, the, the marijuana cigarettes, and they're going. Yep. And they may very well put other things in there to accelerate the the burning of everything, which are going to be like regular tobacco cigarettes. And they'll they'll probably put yeah. uh, yep. tobacco in it. Yeah. Most of the people that want mm, marijuana yep. products now are, they're going out to Colorado. They're getting their, you know, gummies giant or whatever. ton of it. Yeah, yep. they get gummies. They either vape it. Most people like these gummies, apparently. That's what the big thing is. So, I mean, I, I think if the products are available, most people aren't going to be smoking it. They'll be 
it'll be the edibles. Well, you're telling me that they're smoking it now. You smell all the time in your building. Uh, but they're vaping it. They vape it. Okay. Does the vaping cause so I don't that know if that's any like better. smoking does? Oh, it just stinks. It just stinks. Hmm. It's we, just really strong. I, I, I don't know if vaping is any better for your lungs. I don't know what's in there. No. What is it? It's not. We, we looked we looked at it. they add all kinds of extra stuff to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we looked, we looked at a condo in Vegas, uh, and we walked into this building. We got off the elevator at the floor. This guy had a common uh, hallway. Got off the floor, and there was this foul... Yep. Grape. No, foul, grape-scented marijuana smell in the hallway. Grape. Ooh. We went into this condo, which was empty, to look around, and they had one of these things plugged in to cut the smell in the condo. Oh. So you would have a condo. You would have this condo in this building that you'd be smelling this grape marijuana smell. Yeah. In your condo all the time because your one of your you know one of your neighbors was smoking weed this this, this foul smelling stuff all the time. Yeah, it and, really does smell bad. And I said, I told Lindsay, I said, I ain't living in a common building. Done, hard no ever. And so all those condos, those buildings, I did, I wanted no parts of for fear that you'd be smelling this stuff all the time because I find it very offensive to smell. I, it, I'm sensitive to it, and it, that's a personal thing. I want no parts of smelling it. Enough. If I'm in a house and someone's smoking in the backyard, I'll tol- you got to tolerate that when they're outside. you got to tolerate that. you have to tolerate cigarette smoke. But inside, no. I shouldn't have to smell that inside my house. Well, technically, you can no, you complain, and the HOA is supposed and, to tell people and, not and, to do and it. Nothing, and, and I'm certain that you can trust people not to do it because they're so good that way. I, I have no faith in any of that sort of those systems. <laughs> you know, they'll, right. they'll fine you for leaving your it's, garbage it's can so out. It's funny because... They'll define you for leaving can, your garbage I, can out, but not uh, for smoking marijuana illegally in your apartment. I mean, it makes no sense. None of this stuff's absolutely yeah. nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's it happened nonsense. several times where I've gotten out of the squad car. And I'll stop a car for whatever. I can smell the weed the minute I exit, oh, step out of my sure. car. It's unmistakable. It's like that second, I'm like, oh, what's weed in the car? Yep. I get instant headaches from weed. Like, it's really bad. So it's just kind of—I know right away when it's there and when it's not there. But you're not—you're so, not marijuana trained. <laughs> I'm not marijuana uh, level trained. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I don't understand really because I mean, if you smell—if you can—if you can smell it, then it's there, right? I mean. Well, they may have been—they yep. may have been eating, uh, you know, skunk scent glands. <laughs> And it might be on the well, they have a pet skunk in the back seat. Well, and you mentioned you you can smell if it's there, but it is there to the level of impairment for the driver. I guess is, would be the thing. Yep, that's a, that's exactly oh. exactly what I'm getting at, Tim. Yeah, but I mean, you, can't oh, yeah. you do a field sobriety? T- I mean, if they're high, they're not going to be able to do the whole <laughs> oh, one foot in front you of can. the other. Yep. The, the field. The field sobriety tests are pretty much the same. The only one that's different is we add the Romberg, where you close your eyes and count to 30. Um, <laughs> put your head back, close your eyes, count to 30. So that's we, the only difference in the two tests. So, Officer Dave, you, you, you stop somebody, and you, you're concerned that you know they may have been using marijuana. Is, is, one, of the, is one of the keys that when you stop them, they can't stop laughing? Is that going to be one of the, uh, <laughs> the, the signs? Can't <laughs> stop laughing. And, 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 of course, their fingers are orange. 
<laughs> either from the Cheetos or from the, the, the <laughs> colored Dorito. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, so, so if they're orange and laughing incessantly, well, then you got a problem. And of course, you haul them away. <laughs> You just offer them a Big Mac, and if they refuse it, <laughs> they're, they're sober. Case yeah. out fast food joints. Oh, yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, yeah. Put the sensors of the fast food joint. Everybody goes through uh, either drunk or high. You know, That's true. Pulled over. You, know, you can't drive anymore. Or if you if you see something, say something. So a convenience store clerk says, yeah, he just came in and bought some munchies. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Building a case. <laughs> there you go. Everything, it's all evidence. It's the discovery it's period. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I, yeah, I think we got it all figured out. We, we're folks of common sense here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, we got it all figured out. Yep. Well, I, uh, well thank exactly. you, Officer Dave, for calling in and clearing that up because I thought you could, yeah, I, I knew you could go in the bike lanes. Unless you hit yep. somebody. But give them three well, feet. Obviously. But, <laughs> but give them three yeah. feet. It, it, I mean, it's part of the road. It shouldn't. It's not like exclusive use. So, does it, but they unless they right. got the little plungers on there, and I like the ones downtown Minneapolis where they've. Um, of course, I would never go down there anymore on my bike. I used to ride my bike downtown Minneapolis, but I would never do that anymore. Um, they've got the elevated ones that are just for bikes. So yeah, that's a good idea. The road. That it's also a lot more money, idea. but yeah. Well, it. If you're if you're going to encourage people using bikes, then you should make it safe for drivers, for walkers, and for the bicyclists. Not just do this half-ass Agreed. stuff. What I love is when you've got when you've got the bike lane on the outside of the area that the the cars can park. So the cars are parked on the curb. Then there is a bike lane. So whenever anybody gets out of their car, they're opening up their door into the bike lane and people go ass over tea kettle mm, all the time yeah it's like that is the I dumbest idea ass over tea kettle <laughs> <laughs> but it happens constantly that's how you i get... mean because when people are pulled yep. over they're not thinking of oh i can't get out of my car unless i look for a bicyclist we don't we don't have a helmet law in yeah. minnesota do we do we for we don't no. i thought we, we don't no. wow we don't. Mm-hmm. Of all places, I would have thought Minnesota would yeah, have one. Yeah, we're such a nanny state. Yeah, I'm for surprised. real. Well, oh. you think for it's bicyclists, a... you're talking not not for motorcycles too. It's no helmet for mo- motorcycles. Nope. I think there aren't, huh? No helmet. There's no. Uh, there's no helmet law. Well, no, think you don't have to ride a bike with a. Okay, think this through That's as a society. Just dumb, dumb, dumb. You have to think this through as a society. We have individuals who cost a fortune to support yep. that are on. Uh, kidney dialysis, mm-hmm. okay? People that are mm-hmm. threatened by other diseases, uh, liver disease, heart disease, things. I have a friend who has had a lung transplant. I think I know where you're going with this. So we do not want them to wear mm-hmm. a helmet because if they can kill their head and we can save their organs, yep. we can use a one one motorcyclist or a bicyclist. You can save to, six lives. To save six lives, get them off the public rolls of, of the cost of their medical care and their lifestyle is better and the risk of, of dying from a kidney transplant is far, 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 far less than being on dialysis. 
So we're talking yeah. harvesting organs here. Yes, Ralph. we are. We're yeah. Pretty, pretty sinister I'm not sure if I'm here. comfortable with this conversation. <laughs> but, but, but especially <laughs> when he's throwing his ideas out like that, it's like yeah. It's their choice. to a cold, to be donors, though, is what he's saying. It's, it's their choice. It's their choice. We're, we're not, not going out and killing people they, for their organs. If they want that freedom, oh, okay. they should run the. They should understand that you are going to kill your head. Mm-hmm. And or or worse, break your neck and become. Well, that's that's what happens. We have your helmet on. You don't kill your head. You break that's your true. neck. Then you're a paraplegic. Then you go on the public dole. I again. think I'd rather be and dead. Role, honestly, I mean, this is this. I'd say there's worse things than being dead. And mm-hmm. one of them is being in a motorcycle accident. Oh God, yeah. There, uh, there are bad things that happen on motorcycle. Man, I would never get on one. Officer Oof. Dave, do cops still call motorcycles donor cycles? Uh, doctors do that more than oh, okay. cops. Do. Yeah. yeah. Don't refer well, to I've never heard that police. before. That's interesting. What's, what's that? Yeah. I've never heard that saying before. Donor Donor donor. Donor. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, think, I never had I think either. you hear that in medicine more than anything well, else. Well, it's like Ralph said. You'd slam into something, your head, you know, brain bleed, that's it. But all your organs are more or less fine. Pretty so. good shape. You, yeah. know, you know, if you're young and you got those good organs, nice clean organs, man, you can do a wonders for people. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen the I've seen the results of kidney <laughs> transplant, and those people whose lives are revolutionized. As a disclaimer, Ralph isn't saying kill yourself to give people your <laughs> organs. No. I'm just saying, you know, it's just it's just it's just a I don't know I, I you know it, I don't care what people do. I yeah, I'm, really, if they're just going to hurt themselves, then whatever. Not wearing a helmet doesn't cause danger to other people. And what, so. You can have a child. You can you could be on your motorcycle. You can have a child. You can have a child on the back of the motorcycle. No helmet. You should be required to put and, a helmet and, on and, your and, kid. No, the, no, no, no safety at all on that motorcycle. No. Yet, uh, if you're in a car that has the highest safety rating possible, mm-hmm. and you don't have your kid in some buckled down, re- secured, properly installed car seat, you're in trouble. Yeah, you basically have to weld your kid into a Panzer yep. tank these days in order to put him in a car. But Remember yeah, you the can... people that used to have their kids on their, their laps driving the car? Yeah, of course. Or Best just thing... the kids in the front seat without the seat belt. You know, the, the kids in their lap. Yeah, put them oh, in the flatbed and back. We grew up with that. We Seeing it, I didn't do it, obviously, but... I, I remember seeing it as a kid. I did. I did. Yeah, everyone. I, did. I mean, oh, I I went through a, a. My mom went through a window of a car, and my dad was. Oh. We were hit by a drunk driver way back in the day, and I was held in my mom's arms. And when wow. they came to, and the cops were all there, and the ambulance were screaming, and all this kind of stuff, and my mom was outside of the car. They couldn't find me. And when they finally found me, I had rolled underneath the front seat of the car. I was teensy tiny, and what were you, covered three with my mom's old? blood. I was covered with my mom's blood. They thought that I was dead. So, would, oh. yeah. so your your mom then must have dropped you and you rolled underneath yep. while she went through the windshield? Wow. Yep. That's exactly oh, what happened. Man. Lucky she dropped yeah. you. Oh, she probably dropped you, and then when it stopped, because you the rolled impact back under the, was under the, the seat. impact yeah. was terrible. She went through the windshield. That's pretty and bad. Was yeah. Head on or something? A head on collision? Uh, you know what? Must now I, I don't remember what the what the story <laughs> was. Well, you don't remember because you were three <laughs> months old. No, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't on remember. Now, come on. I don't remember what my parents told me about the accident. But yeah, she had to have a bunch of plastic surgery on her face because oh, wow. she had she had glass oh, cuts smokes. all over oh, and oh. my. Yeah, it was it was bad. Did they not do tempered glass back then? <clears throat> I well, don't know. Yeah, it would have been before that. It would have been before tempered oh, glass. God. You're right. Yeah, going through, contrary to what the movies tell you, jumping through a window is a really bad idea. 
I know it's messy. Oh God, yeah. It's it's basically like jumping into a tunnel made of knives. You don't want to do it. <laughs> okay, I need. To, oh, wait, I wait, need. Andy, just a second. Note to self: Do not <laughs> jump into a tunnel full of knives. No. Okay, I'm gonna hop you know off what? the show here. You guys are gonna okay. continue on. Uh, sure. sure. We have Tyler okay. Carver on the phone. He's got something well, to we'll, say. Okay. Well, we have big announcements tomorrow, so uh, definitely tune in. Tune in tomorrow, and I will talk to everybody tomorrow. Bye. Okay. See you, Catherine. All right, then. Well, we've solved so many problems, mm-hmm. so many problems. In just well, time. we all are common sense people, though. That's the main thing that people should know. Nope. Don't drive a motorcycle. We Don't are. jump through a window. Uh, what else did we talk about? If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. But I, I, I really have an issue. I really yeah, have an yeah, issue the right side of with ch- children being on motorcycles or children being on bicycles I can't believe that's, illegal, that that's legal, actually, because there's so many laws, like you said, about putting a child in a car. I mean, do they have to be strapped into something like you this can, gigantic foam, you know, tomb that you have to put them in? And people roll around. As it, long as their feet reach the foot tags, that's all it takes. Oh, they have to reach the foot only pegs. regulation they have to so the feet have to touch something yeah that is it's yep a huge double standard if you think peg. about it or and a minor has to wear a helmet yeah well people oh minors do have to wear a helmet okay oh on a motorcycle not that <laughs> uh not that kind of minor the uh minor yeah <laughs> but the My- minors yeah, wear a helmet I on a motorcycle. You meant like a coal miner. No, 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 no. on a motorcycle. No, we're <laughs> well, not. I hope they wear helmets. We're yeah. not in West Phoenix Virginia. So, so, <laughs> so on a motorcycle, miners have to have a helmet on. Yeah. Oh well, that's something, yeah. I suppose. But when they're on a bicycle, not. But not. 
So no one says they have to wear a helmet on a bike. So a motorcycle going 25 miles an hour is is more dangerous than a bicycle going 25 miles an hour. Because it's so much heavier. Yep. Momentum. Uh, I don't know. You're going 25 miles an hour. It's going 25 miles an hour. I, I don't know. I, I, well, the motorcycle. E-bi- the problem with the motorcycle is, if it skids into you after you fall off it, you're. That's pretty much yeah. you're done. Bicycle's not going to do that much. Yeah, but if a car runs over you. Well, of course. Oh, I mean, I, there's, there's there's some piece, there's some pieces there are you know even though yeah the, the motorcycle is a little bit more dangerous but but if you look at the difference the difference in weight between um, one of these new e-bikes and one of the small mini bikes, which is motorized by gasoline rather than motorized by electricity. I mean, there's some pieces of there's technologies come into the into the system here that has led to really some ambiguity with regards to mm-hmm. you know how people should be protected. But children being not being secured on us. On a motorcycle is nuts. Well, I suppose it's. It is. I mean, it's the parents' decision ultimately. So. Well, well it's a parents' decision. Same thing in a car. That is true. It's a, the car yeah, thing is a, a massive double standard. Dave. Okay. Huh? Uh, go ahead. With my street route being 1948 Ford, I, I've asked a couple of highway patrolmen this. When my kids were growing up, I did not have seatbelts in the back of that car. Seatbelt law pertains to anything that came with seatbelts in the vehicle. Do you need to have right. children seatbelted in the back of a car that never came with seatbelts? No. If they're, I personally wouldn't do it, but you do not have exactly. to. Exactly. Doesn't have seatbelts. Well, it's like a bus, right? Seatbelt. Yep. Yeah. The an- the answer I got was absolutely yep. priceless. The answer I got from the highway patrol was absolutely priceless. They're your kids. That's true. <laughs> you never really answered true. the question. You just nope. said they're your you're kids. Not, you're not legally required to <laughs> uh, <laughs> do it, but but if but but if something well, happened, yeah, if it did, if you know for your for your street rod tire, you wouldn't need you you can't seatbelt them. It doesn't have them. So, but if they're hurt, well, is that child not that hard to put them in? But yeah. But if they're hurt, is that child endangerment? Yeah, yeah I wonder, actually. Before I had seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if putting a kid in something right. like that would count as child endangerment. No. No? No. Same as the book. But if you put a kid in a, you know, 2017 Ford Focus, not in a car seat, that is child endangerment. Mm. That is, because mm-hmm. it came with... See, it makes no sense. It's all crazy. So if your car doesn't have so, so if your car doesn't have seatbelts, you can't have kids in the back seat. Period. It seems pretty. The law seems to be pretty. You know, should be fixed. I mean, that's an old technology. That's true. That's old. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm just just put them on the floor and cover them in blankets. So if you get in a car accident, then they're all protected. We do have this, and this is the 21st century. We have bubble wrap. Yeah, we there can you wrap, go. just bubble wrap them. Mm-hmm. Tape it on there, nice and secure. That's right. Bubble wrap them. Yeah, I know it's kind of hot. But that's the way it is. Well, I'm. I'm. Suck it up and let's go. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Suck it up. Tape. Tape up and ride. So. <laughs> is, is well, I got to get back to work. Okay. Talk please to you do. Guys later. Bye. Is, is Tim still online? Yeah. yeah. Tim. Uh, yes, sir. When is the first? When is the first series or first movie? Of the Idaho murder is going to roll out. Mm. They probably have the script in motion. Already. Probably, yeah. 
Yeah. I you know it just doesn't take long. You know the whole thing is is that the question is whether it's a movie or it's a quality movie. I mean you can get a, a lifetime mysteries sort of thing up and running and on the air within a couple of months. Mm-hmm. You know whether you're actually going to see an HBO Max, you know some streaming movie or some theatrical movie that's another question but yeah i mean it, it, it's going to come out in some sort of form soon i would imagine yeah that Dahmer thing came out but this is this is just so hot i did it's a bizarre well, story and, and that's the thing is too Dahmer. i mean it was so incredibly massive in in hours of viewership it, it's, a, it's simply a matter of giving the people what they want so you got to believe that whoever the hell is developing these things, and in the case of Palmer, it was Ryan Murphy, who really does have a, a pretty good handle on some pretty demented stuff. I mean, considering he did all the American Horror Stories and stuff like that, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up coming from him. But yeah, there's definitely an audience for this stuff, and it's salacious, you know, or it's... In this case, uh, what would you call it? More of a mystery because they didn't catch the person right away, or what? Well, no, they caught him right away. No, I think the, the, the oh, mistake. But he was on the, the run or something. The, the, the mistake is they caught him. They knew who he was. They were taking that they needed time to build the indictment with DNA, with ah. all these other things. So they had caught him in in quotes, and they knew his car. They had the license plate number. And they followed him all the time. They knew exactly where he was. There's, there is technology to do that. And they followed him, and they knew exactly where he was all the time. And if, if he would have gone someplace weird or done start, he would have been arrested sooner or detained sooner for something else. But he was stopped twice on the way to Pennsylvania, organized by the FBI, because they knew where that car was. And one of those stops was for a minor violation that they got a warning for. But when giving that warning, they got his cell phone number because he was driving a car. I mean, this is a, yeah. th- this is the story behind this and the elegance of what they did is unbelievable because— Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, the way you're describing this because I'll be honest with you, I just haven't been paying that close of attention. Yeah. But that's why a lot of these true crime podcasts— <laughs> Uh, have been inspiring. They, people have been buying rights to whatever has been told and compiled by these podcasters in such detail. So this almost sounds like something that maybe over the course of years, um, through uh, you know research or whatever, people have compiled this. But this came together really, really fast, which is pretty amazing too. So I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it sounds fascinating. Again, I, I didn't watch Dahmer. I'm not personally interested in that sort of thing. Nor so. am I. But it, I'm, I'm, inter- I'm interested in the process, the law enforcement process or piece of this, because I I, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. But if I, if I were to th- – I'm thinking what happened is they, the police played uh, – just said, geez, we're just having such a hard time with this. You know, it just takes time to go through these sort of things. I think that – you know, the first few videos they looked at, they had that car, they had the license plate, they followed him. And they knew who he was, and they just had to go through this DNA business because the idea of having DNA and having, they, they wanted the indict, they don't want the indictment to arrest him, they want an indictment to convict him. So it has to be very yeah. solid and everything like that. And 
you know, it sounds to me like, you know, his DNA on that, uh, on the knife sheath that was next to the bodies, sort of, sort of like, well, you were there. <laughs> you were there. So I don't know who else was there, but you were there. So, you know, and that, but the thing is, too, I mean, they, you know, you got to believe he's going to get a top notch lawyer who's going to find that one little place where somebody screwed <laughs> up and, you know, get, get him off on a technicality, you know. It's it's it uh, sounds fascinating. Again, I'm just not personally. Yeah, what I, I I can't invest myself in that sort of thing. And and to be honest with you, the Dahmer thing, I maybe my my oldest daughter was she loved that kind of stuff, so she was watching it, and I was just catching little bits here and there. And maybe it's just because I remember all the going on back in the day that I was just way too disturbed by it. It, it just was like I yeah. I don't need this, you know. Yeah, I. Don't. I don't want to, but it's a this is that it's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting story uh you know that, that comes out I I think it's going to be very interesting and complex with regards to how this was solved and 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 what was going on and what the ins and outs of that because they followed that car I, they followed the car all the way to Pennsylvania they were following it even before then so and, and 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 in fact the one car that went white Elantra that was wrecked that they put that was there that may have been planted by the FBI What's it take to go to a junkyard, find a, a wrecked Elantra, take the license plate off of it, it's and true. sit it someplace? Nothing. It, 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 uh. a minimum. So there's so there are costs associated with this investigation, and some of those costs you don't think that may be part of that. I mean, having having this car stopped twice, I mean, there's a cost of the the officers and that time, and there are actual ad, added costs that you don't necessarily think about uh, above and beyond the investigation. So they they really, I think, were very elegant with this and. Let this guy think he was he'd gotten away. <laughs> It'd be interesting to to delve into the. And I tell you what does fascinate me. Uh, when you delve into the mindset of these people, um, there is a wonderful series that only ran two seasons on Netflix called Mind Hunter, and it was about the uh, the first criminal psychologist with the yeah. FBI. And there's one of them who's very famous, um, Jack somebody based on his life uh and who who actually the, he and his story inspired silence of the lambs as well um watch that if you have never seen it that is really fascinating where these two guys in the early days of criminal psychology go into interview prisoners like charles manson no sure and edmund kemper is that Ooh. it I mean, just, oh, my God, the people that they interviewed. Now, that, to me, is more fascinating. I don't know. You know, seeing the motive behind these people and what brought them to that place, I'm more interested in that than actually seeing them kill people. Yeah, I'm pretty right? sure we had the Mindhunter guy on the show. I could be wrong. Andy's uh, you're, you're probably right, Andy. I'll have to look. His name. That is uh, <laughs> my, my Mindhunter. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to visualize interviewing charles manson because anytime that he spoke it was oh. it was the most when he was in prison you know it's you know he had to if you could get past the swastika that you carved on his forehead if you get past that he would you know he just made no sense so i don't know, know what you can get it's out interesting of it. usually to be a cult leader you have to be charismatic but he never really struck me as high charisma <clears throat> well the, the charisma yeah the charisma 
has to be it is dependent on the intellect of your followers. That is very true. <laughs> the less charisma you have, well, the less intellect these followers have. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you have great charisma, the intellect of the people can be extremely high, extremely high. You can go right into a, a right into cults or, or that kind of thing and get swallowed up in that. It's a. It's very, I watched my cousin do that. It's very, he's a very high intellect, very smart guy, and uh, he got wrapped up in in one of the more cultish kind of uh, uh, observing uh, groups, mm. so to speak. I, okay, I, I, I got a I got a name, John Douglas. Okay. Yeah, John I Douglas. Is didn't the guy see that. him on here, but that could have been before we switched over. Unfortunately, the admin panel on our website is broken, so I can't actually check it. I don't know what's yeah, been going guy, on lately. He, he inspired uh, the Silence of the Lambs, um, Scott Glenn's character, and uh, and definitely Mindhunter. Yeah, I, I, they gave the guy a different name on Mindhunter, but he was one of the original guys, you know. And uh, yeah, and and that's the sort of stuff that again is fascinating to people, and that's why true crime podcasts are so huge. Um, we were listening to one the other day, on in the car somewhere. And I'm thinking, where are they getting all these advertisers? My son said, hey, man, true crime podcasting is huge. You oh, know? God, so, they're so – they make so much money. I've never heard of before, and it's like they got tons of sponsors. And that's why they're riding away. Really. Yep. It's – yeah. It's well, absurd how much money they make. Hasn't Dave Schrader sort of dabbled in that? Mm, he has. You a know, little he's, bit. He's supernatural, but he had a, a, a true crime Tuesday, I thought. Right, right, you know, right. More something more uh, since he started that. I know he did have a true crime aspect of what he did. Well, we're going to be seeing uh, the uh, coverage of the trial, if there is one. We're going to see th- this is going to be in our faces for a long time, mm-hmm. a long time, because this is just it's it's a it's not unlike in cold blood. Uh, if that would have wow. happened, if that wow. would have happened in this day and age, it would be exactly the same. It's a, it's it's kind of the same thing. <clears throat> uh, it's just bizarre, just bizarre behavior and things like that. And people people have, are attracted to that aberrancy or that that um, bizarre. What I say, the deviation from uh, you know psychiatric norms, so to speak. It's just ugh. sure, sure. But, anyhow, so I, but again, I, Mind Mind Hunter is the name of the series that's on Netflix. Yeah, well, we'll see. So we'll see when this. Yeah, we'll see when this comes out because this, this is coming is happening in real time. And man, I bet you they roll that uh. out as fast as they can because they're going to grab just huge market share because people want to see it. They want to see this sort of stuff. And if they do any of the graphic piece of it, it's going to be that's going to be horrific kind of a thing because it was it was a, it was a that was a rough business that went on. I tell you. Aside from that. Tim, how, how did uh, how did that how did the Blueface movie go? Oh, it's you know what? It seemed like there's no way it's going to reach. Okay, I don't know if you can hear Vaughn or not. Maybe not. It's a deep um, bark for a puppy. <laughs> you, uh, it, it's going to break even at least. Uh, the magic number. I'm trying to do this in between barks. Hey, puppy, stop it. Uh, uh, but I think it's going to break even. Uh, at least, if not surpass it, which is amazing. People, the, the box office is not dropping, so it's been really an amazing run for this movie. And they've done well in China too. They've they've had that uh, sort well, of. Well, that's just it. I mean, a lot of films don't play. A lot of the blockbusters, a lot of the Disney stuff doesn't play in China anymore 
just because they find something objectionable, right? And it yeah. can be something really simple, like a same-sex kiss. They'll say, okay, you cut that, and uh, they say no. Then they say, okay, it's not playing in China. Well, you know what? I have to commend Disney for saying, F you, we're going to keep it in there. You're not going to tell us how to run our business. I do appreciate that, but obviously, in the long run, it costs them. Yeah. I wonder if they had a Chinese, uh, a Chinese government sort of uh, a, a, um, advisor during the filming of um, this. That uh, they used to. The, I don't know if they the, still do the, it the, anymore. The, to, to make to try to do their best to get it onto those Chinese theaters, on those screens. Well, another thing that they've done in the past, I know Marvel did do this, was they added scenes with Chinese actors yeah, that yeah. were only played in the Chinese version of the film. So mm -hmm. they would insert a scene with somebody that yep. was big in China in order to, you know, to bolster the box office, mm -hmm. the box office appeal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, they, and, they, and it's trivial, in essence, based on how much money's involved to do that, to edit it, have a separate edit for the Chinese audience. Or may, they may even do I'm that sure to other audiences, simple. too. Simple. I bet you it's really <laughs> easy to insert a scene or two here or there, mm -hmm. you know. Especially, you know, it, it could be the same, a, a similar scene in the American version that they just film a Chinese version with folks that, again, are big to the box office over there. Yeah, I'm sure. And they swap out the scenes. Mm -hmm. could be as simple as that. You know, because obviously I've heard of this happening. I've never seen a cut of a film that's done it, though. Huh. There, there would be an interesting... Uh... There's an interesting website that has these cuts for uh, China that and for would other be countries. Because they would do the same thing, and and they may do the same thing in one of the uh, conservative Muslim countries, things mm -hmm. like that. They they would certain things they're sensitive about having on their screen. They would do the same thing there. A lot of talent there as well. So yeah, oh in, yeah, definitely. Not in Bollywood though. <laughs> well, there's a big Bollywood movie I haven't seen. It's called RRR. And I, I guess it's an action movie. Is it about that pirates? It's getting a lot of attention. <laughs> well, and I, I want to see it. I want to see what it's about. But uh, it's been nominated for a couple Golden Globes, I think, maybe. The, the association I belong to has nominated it. So if the Oscars nominate it, then for sure you're going to see it in more theaters here. Yeah. But it is uh, from India. It's the most expensive Indian film to date, which is $72 million. So that's... Uh... <laughs> Pretty good, actually. Maybe they could teach uh, they could teach studios here uh, how to properly budget their movies because Jim Cameron's movie was four hundred million. Well, in India, the entertainers don't expect to be paid fifty million dollars, so there's that. That is true. And so they, then, what happens? They try to make it over here, do a couple big movies, and go back. Yep. Who knows? But there's in there, and of course. Uh, the IT and the animation there might be a little bit less expensive. I'm sure those, it's not that quite as good. Oh, it might be because yeah. they have the same computers, same systems that, that run. That's it. true, but yeah. yeah, the people running the computers get paid seventy-five cents an hour. So yeah. that's just it, right there. Mm -hmm. That's it. Well, that's that's good to hear. That you have foreign films coming in and 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 that sort of thing. And the Golden Globes are coming up. And when, is that this weekend? I believe it is. You know, I've really just lost interest i'll be honest with you i mean they're a competitor of the association that i belong to right so i just don't really pay that much attention you know it's not really so much of a a competition with us but still it's like well you know i i always thought the, the golden globes were overrated you know they always always were called the 
you know, best predictor of the mm-hmm. Oscars. Well, let me tell you something. When you nominate five comedy actors and five drama actors, it's a pretty good chance that five out of those ten are going to be nominated for an Oscar. So, you know, it's kind of apples to oranges to me. Yeah. You know, but, but you know, the, the media, they can get really lazy and it's like, well, they're the biggest predictor. Well, no, look at the, look at the facts behind it. Look at how many nominees they have. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's been my biggest problem with him, you know. Prior to this, my the the most entertaining thing for me is to watch Ricky Gervais slice and dice everybody. That's funny. Is he, that's a good reason to watch the Globes. And he's going to be on the Globes. He's not. He's not. He's not hosting him this year. Okay. No. Yeah, who is? It's either the name I didn't really recognize. I think his name is Jared Carmichael. He's a comedian. I, I'm pretty sure that's it. Hmm. You know. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there was a big controversy over, you know, the lack of uh, minorities in the voting body. Um, and there were other elements that put them on the, the hot seat for a long time. They canceled them last. Well, they didn't cancel the Globes, but they did have uh, they didn't have a, a deal on uh, NBC. So NBC brought them back this year for a one year deal. I suppose they're going to judge it by the ratings and who knows maybe they'll find it next year or anything on nbc would be better than what they have now <laughs> it doesn't take well, many that's r- just it. broadcast true. man is suffering yeah. big time yeah that is it is yeah. well well like i said you know my wife hasn't listened to radio and really tv either i mean she you uh, watch- i i couldn't i couldn't name apart from maybe a show that's been around for a while i couldn't name a, a new series on regular broadcast now you know, it's all streaming for me now. Yeah. And if I want to see something on network, I'll go to the, the streaming app where I can pick and choose what I want to mm-hmm. see instead of, you know, sitting, waiting till nine o'clock at on must-see TV Thursday to see something. You know, those days are long gone. Yeah. Oh, that it's uh, it's a, a sort of that time shifting of reviewing is really crept into everything and is, uh, is sort of remolded what we do and what we see and listen to. I mean, it just. Oh, you, yeah. You can listen to a podcast that's 10 years old. If you want to, I mean, uh-huh. it's still up there. And some podcasts, uh, Bill Burr's podcast on Thursdays, he does. He he does a he does like forty five minutes of his standard kind of silliness. And then he just runs a podcast that was run uh, about the same time of the year, maybe five ten years ago. And he just reruns, yeah. lays that in there. It's just. So do you listen to Burr? Do you listen to his podcast? I, I haven't listened recently, uh, but he's most of his entertaining com- is all hell, man. He just goes for it, and most he's of really his good. comedy comes out of that podcast. It's a fascinating kind oh, of yeah. use. It's a, it's a, it's a tool for him to do that. And um, um, Malascalco, uh, Sebastian Malascalco, oh, does the same Sebastian. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his podcast or his podcast involvements. He uses it as a tool for comedy and, and writing comedy. So uh-uh. when you're on, when you're on, you have a spontaneous a thought or spontaneous thing. You chat about it a little bit, or you de- real quickly you say something, a quip for, for regards to that. You can write that down and develop that as a joke or story for stand-up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's what they do, and it's an elegant way to do that. And they get, you know, they, they turn stuff out. And Bill Burr turns he turns a an hour out every year or two years. New year, new hour of comedy. He's so great. I love Bill Burr. I really do. I don't. Li- I don't listen to too, and I don't listen to him on a regular basis either. But I will catch little snips of his here and there on YouTube, and it's entertaining every time. You know. Plus, if I don't like it, if I'm bored by it, I just go find a different one. You know. It's is so that, that's, how... that's right. You can so you can bounce. You know, from place to place to place. 
on YouTube or any of the other streaming kind of thing. You can you look at something, I don't like this, boom, you go to the next, you're, you're on to something in a second that you may want to watch. Or then you may want to watch, you watch something that's 10, five minutes, then you say, oh, geez, well, here's, here's a 30 minute something of a similar kind of a thing, that sort of stuff. You know, the people, the, the, the headliner comedy, uh, the headliner comedians now are not uh, kowtowing to all of the uh, internet police. No. They are not gotten over because uh, Dave Chappelle sort of led the, led the way. And then uh, who else? Um, Jim Gaffigan. I saw his stuff. His most recent stuff was edgy. Um, then there was. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah, Sebastian Oscalco was edgy. He was he was huh. teasing things about this, you know, that one thing and another. Well, they're not racist, but they're they're making fun at groups of people. Bill Burr did that. His most recent stuff was that he was making fun, you know, poking fun at a variety of different groups, whether you're black, you're Asian, what, you know, they're just, they were just poking fun at this this thing and that thing, and and, and a certain element of self-deprecation as well, uh, either ra- racially or personally. So, so they they really are doing these things, and uh, they say, okay, if you don't like it, well, sorry, it's, it's kind of what they said. Uh, sorry, don't listen. Don't, don't listen. listen if you don't like it. Leave you. You know here. Here there's uh, 50, there's five thousand people in this auditorium listening to what I'm doing. You know if two or three people don't like it, not my problem. <laughs> you shouldn't have come yeah. to this. You shouldn't. Have, you yeah. know there's. You know you know what you're getting yourself into. If I if I go to if I if I were to go to some of the black communities like Paul Mooney, I mean hey you know what you're getting yourself into because yeah. it, it's it's going to be rough on you mm-hmm. white whitey because he's not a big he's fan. He's not a fan of white people. No. no. It's just his deal. Uh, he's actually, I think he's gone. I think he died. I, th- I don't think he's with us anymore either. No, I don't think Paul Mooney's with us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a guy. Yep, he died last year. You buy that ticket, and you're res- it's a personal responsibility thing. Either listen to it. And if you don't like it, you can leave. You very quietly sort of excuse yourself if you're that uncomfortable. But the more uncomfortable you are, the more you can be introspective, and the more you can maybe decide on whether or not what he's saying is true, or maybe not. Maybe he's embellishing it way too much. I don't know. But... It gives you that opportunity. That's what's important about comedians being able to have absolute free speech so they can do these sort of things. Because it's, it's, that's how you expose things in your society, which may be good or bad. It's the uh-huh. best thing in the world, I think. But no, oh, no, they can't talk about that. No, they can talk about everything. Everything. So. Yeah. Well, I need to check out, fellas. Okay, well. I don't know how much time we got left, but. Uh, I think we've over. I don't know. I think Andy, we're pretty much have, done. Have we overstayed? Have we overstayed our welcome? We've overstayed our welcome. <laughs> These people need to get to bed. All righty. Well, good to talk with you both and Catherine, of course, yep. Officer Dave. Always a pleasure. Uh, everybody. So uh, we will chat next week. Have a great week, no, you guys. No, yeah. You too. All right. See ya. All right. And I think that ought to do it for this episode. We're out of here. Yes, we are. We'll be back Wednesday. I'm not sure about Thursday. We haven't decided yet. I know Doug can't come in. But we're going to try to find someone to replace him. So uh, we'll know more tomorrow. And until then, see you later.